Wondershare Video Converter Ultimate makes life easier by providing you with a variety of video tools. Welcome back to Beers Up Sports Talk. Sebo in the house, Debo in the house. Let's get right into it. Debo, what are you drinking tonight? Back on that progression train. Yes. Last one, momentum. No doubt. And I'm back at Treehouse today. Very hazy. Mm. Very hazy. Let's just take Sounds a look. Great. Oh, my God. It looks very oh hazy. God. <laughs> All right. Busy night tonight. Yes, sir. Celtics just won. We'll, we'll get that, we'll yeah, get we'll, that in a minute. We'll get there. But let's start with the NFL. The Jackson Jaguars train is officially off the tracks. Whew. They are a bad team. And I, for one, am really happy. Because Doug Marone coaches that team. And that guy's an <laughs> asshole. But let's start with the fact that as of today, 4 p.m., he's a free agent. Who's that? Leonard Fournette. Woo. Like, th this number four pick overall just a handful of years ago? Three years ago, yeah. Guy was the greatest thing ever witnessed at LSU. Pretty good running back in the NFL. Had got his flaws, but just had his best – yards from scrimmage last year yeah he's he, released he he's a free agent guys guys available right now go get him go get him when he when he's healthy he's really good last year 1152 yards 76 receptions he only had three total touchdowns that's a little but i mean but the jacks were bad right like they, they were, were a bad, bad team last year when they, yeah, went, a lot of, they when they went to afc championship were they not on his back they were on his back because uh blake bortles was not i mean that actually, let's be honest, that was the year where uh, Hearns and um, Allen Robinson had really big years. So Bortles had some throws. It was actually the second year that they tried to um, use him a ton, and then he only played eight games. So, I mean, he's, he's definitely an injury waiting to happen. But, man, when he's healthy, he's good. He's not, he's not, he hasn't been great. He's not the dynamic player we thought he would be when he came out of LSU. But, I mean, someone's got to take a, a chance on him, right? I mean. Yeah, I, I, here's what I'll say. Six months or so ago when we started this podcast, I think you asked me if I would trade for Leonard Fournette because there was rumors right before the draft as to whether or not they were going to trade him. And yes. I was like, uh, duh. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take him. Yes. Put him with Singletary. Now, now they've got Zach Moss. They've got two young guys that they're going to go with. But, like, this is a guy who's going to sign with a team, and they're basically going to get a guy, if healthy, is a full-time workhorse. I mean, he's – you know, not Derrick Henry, but he's built like Derrick Henry. This guy can go. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, it, it kind of just happened. Do you have any thoughts on where a good match would be? I, I, I mean, I, I just assume he's going to sign with the Patriots for like $5. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the play. But, I mean, you know, the, the Washington football team lost Geis, so they're, they're hurting for running back. But I don't know if you saw their, their – oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, you're right. I'm off on something else. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's, that could absolutely be a, a landing spot for I mean, but other than that, I mean, I, I've heard the Jets, but, like, they're already dealing with, you know, one trouble spot with Le'Veon Bell, uh, Le Bell. Do they really want to bring in? Because that's why they let, that's why Fournette's released is because he, he just wasn't getting along with management. You need another headache. And I get that. But, like, I also know that, let's be clear, management in Jacksonville is awful. Doug Marone is, is dead man walking. He's not making it past this year. Yeah, Especially so. if they land a number one pick and they get to pick up Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is not getting coached by Doug Marone. That guy's basically – I mean, they were in the AFC Championship two years ago. And since then, 
they've let like eight or nine defenders go from that defense that was off the chains. And now Leonard Fournette's gone. Obviously, the quarterback's gone. Who wants to play for Jacksonville right now, really? And, I mean, the next guy we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, Yannick, here we go, in Gawkwe. Yeah. I mean, this guy, he forced his way out. And then took a pay cut. He's taking a $6 million pay cut. He took a pay cut. He had the franchise tender, almost $18 million. Got dealt second round and conditional fifth. And goes to the Vikings and is like, yeah, you guys can cut that salary down by $6 million. I'll come to play for you. Yeah, because they, they only had what, $12 million? $12 million. Yeah. Now, again, there's some, there's some people that are split on how, how they feel about him as, as a defender. Here's the deal. This guy forced his way out. Let's be clear. Leonard Fournette pretty much forced his way out. He's still getting paid by the Jaguars uh, this year because of guaranteed money. So, like, yep. What's going on in Jacksonville? Like, obviously, two years ago, they were in the AFC Championship. It seemed like they had something going. And within two years, they are a mess where people are already considering the fact that they're going to be the number one overall pick because they're going to be that bad. They are going to be pretty bad. Um, you know, the Vikings, got. I think they got a good defender. He's, you know, one of five players since 2016 to have 35 sacks and 10 forced fumbles. He's a big play waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, I do look forward to uh, – Rogers getting him to jump off sides and getting a free play about four times next year yeah. or this upcoming season. So that'll be fun. But I, then, then you, you know, Dalvin cook's looking for a, for a contract and now they bring this guy in who's getting the money, the defender or the, you know, running the, backs don't get money doc, or at least they should. I'm talking about. They, I mean, they, we'll talk about, you know, I mean, we can go right into it. Joe Mixon, he signed an extension for four years, only worth 48 million. Like, well, that's still 48 million, but hold on. I want to say one thing. I just, yeah. before we get into Joe, because I'm glad the man got paid. Mm-hmm. Think about this for a minute. So the, the, the Jaguars go to the AFC Championship. They go out and they sign Nick Foles. Right? So they're going for it. They got Nick Foles. They got Leonard Fournette. They got the wide receivers. They got the, the all-pro defensive guys. They're going for it. Right? Yep. Nick Foles goes down. Week one. And that's it. This whole run for the Jaguars ends literally with Nick Foles' broken collarbone or whatever it is, in my opinion. Crazy, yeah. Because they literally picked this guy up coming off of what basically was, you know, his Super Bowl year, a year after, and he's supposed to lead them. He's supposed to be the guy that takes them over the top. He's the guy that beat Tom Brady. Right. He gets injured, and now people are talking about a year later them being the number one pick for next year's draft. It's just crazy how quickly in the NFL – you can fall apart. And it also shows you how a coach like Doug Marone, who you know I don't like, who had kind of the same impact in Buffalo where he showed up, they started to improve, and then he walked out of town for better or worse, in my opinion, way better considering where we are as a franchise and where he is as a coach. And and now the guy's going to be out of a job. And he's probably not getting another head coaching gig. He's had two of them now and basically been run out of town. Yeah, I mean, you you bring it to that that point where – you got to think about what the Patriots done have done over like the last 20 years, man. You, okay. That's ridiculous. The way the NFL ebbs and flows. I mean, even like the Packers have made the super, um, not the Super Bowl, but the uh, playoffs a bunch and then have also missed it. Like right. it's hard to do what the Patriots did to miss the Super Bowl, uh, the, the playoffs once over the course of about 20 years. It's right. absolutely insane. Right. No, totally. All right. So let's get to mixing. So, Signs the four-year, $48 million deal. 
I assume a lot of that money is guaranteed up front because probably in year three or four, he's going to get released because running yeah. backs just don't have the shelf life. And the reality is he's probably not going to be worth it. Right. And he's already what three or four years into the, into the league. So, right. Right. I mean, good for him. Good on him getting paid. Again, I don't know. The, are the Bengals good? I mean, are, is it worth signing a guy for all that money in the next one or two years? Cause I'm sure it's front loaded when you're rebuilding. I mean, does it make a lot of sense? Are they rebuilding? I think they they, they believe Burrow's the guy and they got, Two really good receivers. They the number, I'm sorry, they had the number one pick this year. They're not very good. I just like they're going to go from what number one overall pick when they were the worst team in the NFL to to what? It, what oh, I, still, I, don't, I don't understand how Joe Mixon's be, worth twelve million. They'll, they'll still be in the bottom third. I would be my guess. But like that, the, and then they, I think, I think they, I think they have the the weapons and the, the opportunity to really turn out this year. I'm not saying they're going to, but I could see them going six and 10, seven and nine. Listen, they just paid $12 million for that a year for Mixon and Ngakwe is getting $12 million. So, I mean, I'd probably Ngakwe if I'm rebuilding than give Joe Mixon $12 million. Oh, that's fair that, enough. That like, that's just like, and again, like I believe that that's gotta be an extension on starting next year. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you're paying him what a whole bunch of money for years that like, you might not be that good. I don't know. Like, again, shout out to the running backs get, that get paid because running backs don't get paid in this league as much anymore. Not anymore. Um, and there's a lot of people out there that don't think they should get paid. Um, you know, so, like, good on Joe Mixon. But, damn, I just, I just don't know. I don't know that they're, they're going to be that good. Well, we'll find out in, like, <laughs> 12 days, right? Right. That's crazy. All right. Our Boston Celtics. Took down the Raptors tonight. Now we're up 2-0. 2-0. Initial thoughts on, 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 on the first two games of this series? 2-0 going back to Boston. Oh, wait. No, they're not, they, didn't, they did not steal home, field, uh, home court. Um, and they did, but not really. Right, right, right. Um, man, they shoot a lot of threes. That's the one thing. Like, I, I knew, I, you know, it's a three-point league. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I didn't realize how many they, they – they took, never mind made. Jalen Brown, unbelievable. Jason Tatum, unbelievable. Um, it, they look really good. I mean, they they what Williams didn't play the whole first uh, first round, and now he's out here looking like you know. Yeah, like I mean, he, looks, he looks great. He looks great, yeah. and, and this is a guy in his second year who's like a freak of an athlete. Doesn't you know? Hasn't played a lot because he was injured most of the year. And now, and now he's out there getting big minutes. To your point about shooting threes, Toronto's a team that you, you got to shoot a lot of threes because they got guys down low, right? Yeah. They got Gasol. They got Siakam. Um, they got the big guy. What, what's my man? Come on. Oh, uh, Serge Ibaka. Right, so they got bodies down low. And so it, it, what I watched tonight was a Boston team that was trying to get to the rack. It's just tough. Right, because they they play really good defense. They collapse on the on the on the on the offensive guy when they get in the lane, and there were a lot of open looks. And and you know Brad Stevens is all about that open three is there. You're gonna shoot it. No, no doubt. And and I know that um, Boston and Tor- <clears throat> excuse me Toronto are the top two scoring defenses. So you take what you can get. And in this series, if they if they hit threes, then that's what they're doing. Now I, I'll say I was watching a, a movie with the kids, but I had my phone on, but I wasn't listening to the game. What happened on the Jason Tatum technical? I know he 
he like threw his fist, but didn't the ball go in? So he made he made a, a step back jump. Yeah, I they saw called that. it offensive foul. And so that's why he did the whole. He was pissed that they called oh, offensive foul, and he, he didn't register the ref. I thought he was pumped up because he just ended Toronto's no. game. No, oh, he was pissed off that he got called for the offensive foul. And Doris Burke and, and pretty much everyone on Twitter was like, that's been a technical the entire playoff. I'll see. Uh, yeah. Like and that. Now that I know that, then I'm not as irritated. I thought, like, they took the basket away because he celebrated with a, a pumped fist. But I mean, I'm irritated because he's an incredible basketball player, and in a year or two he won't do that anymore. But, like, that could have hurt them. Now, thankfully, they played incredible defense down the end and made plays. But, like, that made it tight. That right, that, that that's what made it really tight. So, but again, to your point, Tatum was playing off the chains. J- Jalen Brown is just—I love watching him play because that man never stops. Yep. He never stops running up and down the court. Another person—I I feel like he's just taking training from Marcus Smart. And again, he's well, not so better than Marcus say, Smart is. Most like, undervalued player on the, in the league, almost. I feel like, like I, I think that. So they they asked uh, Giannis. Why, if he asked to guard Butler and he was like, why? Marcus Smart would have been like, put me on him. Right. Like, you, you step up. You, you're, you're supposed to be the defensive stopper. You're going to be the defensive player. You were called the defensive player of the year, and you don't want to stop the guy that just scored 40. Right. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but, that you know, that was one of my points about this is Jimmy Butler, he – I mean, he sunk Milwaukee. I know we were here before with Orlando beating them in the, in the first game, but Miami's not Orlando. No, and, and to your point, the, the Heat – there was a statement win. We'll see how the rest of the playoffs go. I know I read some articles today that said that, you know, if, if the Bucks lose this series, is Giannis going to go somewhere? Is he going to go join the Heat? Is he going to go to the Warriors? Is he going to want out of Milwaukee because they can't get over the hump? It's a lot of talk. There's a lot of money to be left on the table if he does. But, but to your point, I mean, Jimmy Butler was on the 76ers a year ago. Nice little run in the playoffs. They offer him the max. He says, no, thanks. And he goes and joins Miami. And Miami's not a bad team. And They're not. And let's be clear. They're going to get somebody else. They've already talked about trying to get Giannis. They're talking about getting Oladipo. Pat Riley knows what he's doing down there. They're a well-coached team. It's tax-free down in Miami. It's beautiful weather down in Miami in the, in the winter months. Like, it's not a bad place to be if you're playing basketball. And I think Jimmy Butler is the kind of guy that you can rally around. He's a guy that cares. He's a guy that battles like you saw last night. I mean, he got – Giannis blocked the shit out of him. And he still put up, what, 40 points? Yeah. Still went off. Like, this is a guy that, that, you know, just cares a lot about the game of basketball. And obviously his team rallies around him. I don't know if you saw the the very cryptic tweet from uh, Joel Embiid about Butler. I can't remember exactly. What was it? He was pretty much like, kind of wish I had him. Well, again, yes. I'm sure Joel Embiid would love to have stayed with Jimmy Butler, dumped Tobias Harris, dumped Ben Simmons, and figured the rest out along the way. Because those two guys can play pretty well together, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But again, as we talked about, the process is over, man. That, that ship is sunk. Um, and, and again, the, the crazy thing is, is that all this, all these, and we don't need to go on Philly, but all these years spent on the process in probably a couple of years, none of those players are going to be on the team. I want to talk about Chris Paul. Chris Paul kind of had one. Step back three for the win. Yep. 
taps the guy on the butt on the way back up the, the court. And then when they're taking free throws to ice the game, he's just staring down James Harden. <laughs> um, is he about to sink the Rockets? Is he about to end the Rockets? Like, is this, is this about to happen? I mean, I hope so. I'm not a Rockets fan, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think that in the end OKC has enough to, uh, to win this series. I know they've won three. I think they're going to come up short just like um, – you know, like the, the Mavs did against the Clippers, you know, a good run, good story. Yep. But I think the Rockets are probably going to finish them off tomorrow night. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see OKC take this one. I mean, I'd love it. I, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. The Rockets are the better team. But for whatever reason, Chris Paul's in their head. And, and this OKC-Houston connection thing is, is – there's, there's enough there that, that it's in people's heads. So, you know what? Let's see OKC win that. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the game that's going on right now. Now, I don't know what the score is, but if you haven't been watching Murray versus Mitchell, you're missing out. Because yep. those boys are balling out. Yes. And they are two guys. They're, they're so different in, the, in, like, you know, like Donovan Mitchell's explosive and, like, Murray's just, the, like, the smoothest guy out there. But, damn, they're both good. Yeah, it's turned into one hell of a series. I um, was kind of hoping that's what that would have happened with the Clippers and Mavs. I'd love to see Donich uh, play a little bit more, but I hope you know once we finish this, I'm going to watch some of this game just to just to see what Mitchell and Murray can do. And the reality is, like whoever wins is probably going to lose in the next round. I mean, if we're being honest, I I, I assume both, the Clippers are going to take them out. Right, both game, both series. You're talking right, correct. They're correct. just and like. I, the, re, the reality is OKC, Houston, like, I don't really care because I don't like either team. I like watching Mitchell and Murray. Like, these two guys show up, and they're like, give me the ball. I'm going to score as many points as I can and try to beat this team on my own. And, yeah. and, and you just got to keep up. Yeah, and one of the points I had was we, in our NBA preview, the second version when we actually knew who, who the playoffs were, like we were like all oh, LA, both LAs are gonna struggle because they're you know they're gonna have some hard fought series, and now they're both just chilling, relaxing. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for their opponent. They, I mean, uh, and let's be clear, the, the the Dallas series went a little bit longer than it was probably expected to, um, and and with Porzingis going out, like obviously that hurt yeah. their chances. But yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Those those series ended pretty quickly, and they're resting up because and, and these two teams are gonna be are gonna be wiped. Yep. And I, well, I mean, maybe not because they did have a two, I mean, they're probably mentally wiped because of the two or three day uh, mm-hmm. you know, postponement, the, uh, right. the boycotts or protests. Yep. So I think someone, they got their, their rest, which is good. Um, but yeah, just LA's, the LA's are just, Hey, come on. We'll, we'll, right. Right. We'll see how that, what, what happens, what that's going to mean when they, when they get back to playing real quick. And, and I just want to say real quick, just another shout out to the NBA. Zero positive test while in the bubble. Now the families are in the bubble. I just think that's really cool. That All is right. fantastic. A little bit moment of silence. It wasn't that long ago. You know, it was last podcast we were talking about this. Bruins were 1-0 on Tampa Bay. We were talking about the electric finish to the first-round matchup. They win. They win game one. We feel really good. We don't do a podcast for a week. And the series is over, Doc. It, and it fell apart real, real quick. Yeah, because we were, we were, I was watching the game while we were podcasting, and, you know, they, they got into overtime in game right. two, and 
And right. Once they lost that game, and I, I actually have to say this, I did say on that last pod that there's no one out there that can beat the Bruins right now. I'm eating crow because that was wrong. There was one team, only one team, and they were Tampa Bay, and they just happened to play them. Listen. Um, and when ga- starting game three, they just looked slow. They didn't look as interested. They, you know, I think once they lost that 7-1 game, yeah. I was, you know, I, I don't want to say I felt like it was over, but because they, I mean, they fought. They, they went double overtime last night, and I thought they were going to do it, man. I, I thought they were, and it was going to be that spark, but it didn't happen, and losing Rask was a lot bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. No, and I, and, I, and I think, you know, you could probably go back in the old podcast and hear me say something about the fact that Halak was going to be able to hold it down, and then maybe he was up for the challenge. The reality is, right there you see the difference between an all-time championship goalie and a guy who's supposed to fill in when that championship goalie is is tired or hurt or not feeling good. Like, Tukaras plays better than Halak nine out of ten times. And the Bruins missed him. And I don't know how much fans matter, but it would have been awfully nice for the Bruins to have some noise in the building for those two home games, you know, because the first one was the seven to one game. I mean, yep. that's, that would have been the first game at home. And, and again, not that that's going to make a difference, but like, it's probably really hard to get motivated to come back when you're down six, one and it's, and there's nobody in the stands and nobody's saying anything and it's, and it's freaking crickets. Right. Right. Um, this is a good team, but they're getting older. Well, and I- I think that's going to get blown up. Krug needs a new contract. Chara needs a new contract, and he's older. I'm worried that they're going to they're going to blow some. I, I, I think they I think they go a little bit. Long. Here's the thing. I think if Rock, or if Rask comes back, if he's still if he's still down to play, I think they got enough bodies that they can, they can make another run at it. I mean, they're still a really talented team. Oh, of offensively, they've got a lot a lot going on up front. But, yeah, I mean, with Krug and Chara kind of, like, right there, you know, Chara, you know, again, let's be real. Chara is not the guy he was three, four years ago. I mean, he's still a, a presence, but when you watch him on the ice, it's not like he's moving around that much. He goes in the game and he sits there in front of the goalie, and if it's not right there, he's he's not really involved. Yeah, he's not even uh, – he's not on any of the penny, penalty kills anymore because he just he, – he's not fast enough to yeah. recover. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and, and, and I'll say this. Basketball, it's going to start, you know, it's not that far away. Who knows when they're going to start, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. And all I was going to say is, you know, I hope they can bring back Krug. Obviously, he's been, he's been a great player for a bunch of years. But maybe it's time that, you know, to kind of mix up the defense. Maybe it's time to, you know, again, this is a team that has kind of relied on those two guys as they're, they're you know, maybe not top two, but top two or three defensemen for the last – four or five years, right? Yeah. And Krug is good, but he's not as good as he once was. And, and we know that Char isn't the player he, he was many years ago. And and sometimes you need to just kind of switch it up, get some new some new players there that are hungry, yeah. that are motivated, that can do a little more than those players could do in the past. Because offensively, they've still got all the weapons. Yep. They still have a lot. They've got Krejcik. They've got Bergeron. They've got Martian. They've got Pasta. Like, they've got DeBrusque. Like, they've got guys that can score. You, you can't blow it up now. Maybe no. in two or three years. But, like, you, I think you go out, you try to find some defensemen, and, and you say, listen, we got about two or three years to try and go after a cup. And if it doesn't work, then we blow it up. Because Rask is going to be done by then. Bergeron is going to be pretty much done. Krejcik's pretty much going to be done. 
Yeah. And then you can, you know, Martian's going to be probably on his way out at that point. You can make some moves then. Yeah, that that, that team's going to when when they're done, it's going to be it's going to be bad. Well, that's but, and that's the thing, right? I mean, I guess you could, to your point, you could maybe blow it up now and, and get something for some of those players. But I think if you said to those players, listen, we got about two or three good years left. Everybody, are you all in? I'm sure they're going to be all in and, and trying to win. Yeah. Because again, that's that's the whole point. Absolutely. R.I.P. the Bruins, man. I, I was really excited about them, but you yeah. know, let's be clear. Right back from the beginning, like they got off to a real slow start in the bubble, and you know maybe we were a little excited by by that first round matchup, but shit, it ended. It ended quick and it ended hard. Yeah, and I don't want to. I, I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it because we all wish this just for life in general. You know, things probably are a little bit different if COVID doesn't happen. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, they had an eight point lead. With they were rolling. They were rolling. They looked good, and who knows? Right. But everyone's at the. Everyone started at the same, uh, in the same spot when they got to the bubble, and yep. that's where we are. Yep. No, totally. All right. We're halfway through the major league baseball season. Well, a little bit past halfway. Summer, some teams aren't summer, even halfway. Summer halfway. Summer way you know, over. Summer, summer here. Summer there. Summer everywhere. Tonight we want to take a step back and look at our over unders. Yep and notice just how well we did or not so, so much yeah so you'll see on the screen the our who picked over for each team now we're not going to do each team because i'm sure you don't want to hear us go through the same thing all over again so we're each going to do three three teams plus our our own team so i'll, I'll do the braves Sibo will do the red Sox, and we'll see what happens all right so let's hear the first team that you're going to pick that you, if you could you would do over all right I'm going to, I got to go with the Baltimore Orioles. I sat on here. I, I was like, Hey, Baltimore people, you can at me for this. There is no way they're going to get over 12 wins. Guess what? Woo. Through 34 games, they got 15 wins already. But I think we're, we're going to see a little bit of that, that old O the, the O's team we expected because they made some trade deadline deals that got rid of some of their pitchers. I know the Braves got Malone. Um, but I will say I was, I was spot on with Hanzar Alberto. He's batting 321. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, but, but the problem is he's, he's only got 14 RBIs. He's got two homers. It's because he's 31, good. 31 of his 45 hits are singles. Yeah. Might need to try uh, and find that power. Listen, I mean, the O's overachieved, let's be honest but I think they realize that they're not going to make the playoffs. So I think they're like, let's start getting rid of some, some of these average assets. One year guys, two year guys that, that, that don't, don't cost a lot of money that you can get back a couple of prospects. Absolutely. It's a smart yep. move. It's it a was move. absolutely a smart move. And you know, you're going to start seeing some younger players probably start playing and maybe they only win another five more games the rest of the season. So I'm, I'm doubling down and they're not good. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I'm going to stay in the beltway. And I'm going to go with the Nats. Now, the over-under was 34. Now, I said the under. But this is, was a team that I thought could repeat. And they're, they're, um, they're 12 and 20. Three and seven in their last 10. Strasburg is on the shelf. I'm pretty sure I picked that guy for, for the Cy Young. I'm, I'm quite certain I picked that guy for the Cy Young. Um, they're still a good team, but damn. Damn. They're not playing very well. They're not like, playing. Here's the thing. Like, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, they're just not winning ball games. And 
they're in that in that division unless they get together quick they're not going to make the playoffs because the Marlins are playing better than advertised the Phillies have kind of come back around and the Braves yeah. are playing really good really good ball and so there's a real uphill battle that they have um but yeah I mean I said under but I think I was probably like oh they'll win like 32 they're 12 and 20 it's not it's not going well they only need you know 12 and 22 so just need um, to win out right just just win out yeah no doubt <laughs> so my second team I headed over to the uh the NL West and the San Diego Padres, or should we call them Slam Diego Padres? Slam Diego, the fathers, man, they are off the chains. Woo! Man, I went under 31 for this team. They're already at 21 games. Then they traded for Clevenger, and then they made a few other trades. They they made like five deals. They were rolling. Yeah, they, they're, they're going for it. They're only four and a half back of the Dodgers for the division. They have a, a, a stronghold on that first wild card spot. Check out the rest of the schedule. They have three games with the Dodgers. They have three games with Oakland. And then their, next, their other 20 games are the Angels, the Rockies, the Giants, and the Mariners. Not bad. This team could finish winning 15 to 16 of their last, you know, 26 games. And that puts them right there for the division. And so yeah. I was wrong. I, I went under, and I, if I remember correctly, I don't think I went – a game or two under. I, I'm pretty sure I said they're they're only going to win like 24, 25 games. Yeah, and and the reality is is that what they're doing, what they did with these trades, is really interesting because they're obviously for the most part a young team. They've got Hosmer, they've got Machado, they've got some other guys that are a little bit older. But like this is a team that's young, and they've got a real shot to to get to the playoffs and do some damage this year. They're exciting, and they're not going away. No, they're definitely not going away. I'm going to stay in the division. I'm gonna stay in the division. Seems like a uh, seems like a theme. The, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Their over under was 31. <laughs> I went over. They Good stand forward. at 14 and 21, one mm-hmm. and nine in their last 10, and they just traded Sterling Marte to the Marlins, who are supposed to suck. <laughs> this is they true. traded Archie Bradley to the Reds, who do suck. But apparently are going for it. Yeah. They're not going to get to 31. They're not going to get over 31. They're not going to, it's not going to happen. Nope. And, and I, you know, I have nothing to say. I literally have nothing else to say, but damn, I missed that one. It wasn't even close. I'm, you know, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I just bad pick all around. Take my money. Take it. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about bad. Remember that time I said that there's no doubt that the Texas Rangers are going to the playoffs? Because I was like 29 and a half. They're going to go way over. Yeah. Nope. They are not. They are 12 and 21. And they made some trades that will not help them improve. They no longer have minor. Um, they no longer. They have, held on to Lance Lynn and Joey Gallo for whatever. Yeah, which was, I mean, how do you. Unless he's signed for a while, how do you not take everything you can get for Lance Lynn? That dude, yes. seven and, and quality honestly, starts. If people want to trade starts. for Joey Gallo, trade for him. I know the guy hits 50 home runs, but he's batting like one, one, one point right now. He sucks. Yeah, he. if, if people want him, like, that's crazy. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
I was wrong about the pitching staff. I thought they were going to be better. They got, like I said, they got rid of Minor, and they should have got rid of Lynn. Guy's got a one nine three ERA. His a WHIP under one. They could have got so many prospects. They could have got a lot for this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't, and maybe they were asking for too much, and that's why it didn't happen. But I think you got to do that and retool. I, that's I think that's my biggest miss because, let's be honest, the O's thing. I was kind of just. Uh, Trying to talk trash to my to my Baltimore yeah, people. You know what? They suck. They suck. They do suck. <laughs> but Texas, I, I really thought they were they were gonna have a shot at making a run. Yeah. Um, let's stay in the AL West because um, I thought this was the year the Angels finally turned around. And I know we talked about them a couple a couple episodes ago about how they spend a whole lot of money and they can't get it together. Their over under was thirty two D. I went over. They are 12 and 24, and they cannot pitch. They're not very good at hitting either. And I can't figure it out. Like, you got the best player in baseball. You got Anthony Rendon. You got Justin Upton. You got Otani. You got the best defender, the best shortstop defensively to ever play, almost ever play the game. And yet, you suck as a baseball team. I can't. I can't wrap my head around. It is definitely something. They have no pitching. I get it. What the hell is going on in, in, in for the Angels? Like, why are you so bad year after year? Why did I take them on the over? At what point do is Trout like, all right, get me out of here? I mean, like, he signed forever. And, and he, you know what, who cares? Like, he's going to end up finishing as one of the greatest baseball players to ever live. At some point in the next 10 years, I assume they're going to get good. Like, the law of averages says that at some point they're going to get good, right? It has to happen. Like the gajillion dollars they're playing, paying pool hosts is going to come off soon. Oof. They can That'd reinvest that money somewhere. Hopefully Pitching. The, Upton, the Upton money is going to come off soon. They can reinvest that money. That's, that's probably like 50, 60 million right there. Yeah. Yeah. They need some pitching. They need, I don't know what the hell, but listen, my bad folks. I should have done that. <laughs> I can't. Hey, right. mistakes. Give I me mean, your feedback on the Braves because I, I went under on them. They are playing really good ball. T- tell me all about it. Overlooks good. And that's kind of what I expected. <laughs> right now they're, you know, they're, they're six games over 500. So, you know, they could go 500 the rest of the way and they're over. I don't want that to happen. You know, they're, they're still in a fight. There's four teams, maybe only three really fighting for them. You know, you can't fall. They can't lose this division because they're not, they're probably not going to get the wild card. But, I mean, they're doing this with Acuna missing 10 games. They're starting second baseman Albies missing 29 games. They're starting ace pitched six innings this season after rupturing his Achilles. Well, so and they, and they, didn't they dump one of their pitchers, like, one week into the season? Oh, yeah, Fulton Evans. Right. Yes. He, no, they, just, yeah, they, like, were just, they were just like, bye. He had, he had a – terrible outing and they were like yeah we saw this last year um you know reasons to worry their pitching is not getting any better max freed is pitching unbelievable this season he's the only star oh, no i'm sorry ian anderson who shut out uh not shut out but no hit the yankees for six innings is the second brave to have a a, a starting pitcher win so they don't have good pitching yeah Lance lynn sounds like he would have been a nice addition for them so uh, getting to that, yeah, they, they, they trade for Tommy Malone, who got lit up his first game. Granted, let's be honest, he got off a plane right. and pitched the same day. Shout out to the Braves for doing that to him. Like, what the hell? 
yeah, like you couldn't, you couldn't just pull someone up for a day and then have them start the next day, but whatever. But Lance Lynn, Clevenger, and Mike Miner were all on the radar. They didn't make any of that. I'm excited. You know, uh, Anderson pitched tonight against the Red Sox. Shout out to the Braves for leading that 4-2 right now. Um, so I'm not worried about it. I think they're, they're going to the playoffs. I think they're going to win this division. I think Miami is going to start falling. Philly is going to make a little run towards the end, but I'm not overly worried. No, and I think you guys are in a great spot. And shout out to you for hitting that over. Tell me about your uh, uh, World Series champion. Listen, I'm a homer. I'm a homer. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm a ride-or-die guy until the end. The Red Sox are not a very good baseball team. We, we, we knew that was probably going to be the case. Injuries, Erod with the COVID, Benintendi barely has played. Yep. They're a mess. They are absolutely a mess. And, but I will say they're having a mess of a year and probably the worst year and, and probably the best year to have a mess. I think so. And, and they didn't do anything drastic. I know they tried to trade Ivaldi. Um, and I think that was probably financially motivated because he's got a couple of years and 17 million a piece left on his contract. Um, and I do think that baseball teams and sports teams in general are worried about the next couple of years in terms of finances, just because of where we are in the world. But like, this team is not very good. They haven't hit. They can't pitch. They've got nothing in the bullpen. They traded every bullpen asset they pretty much had away. Yeah, they traded to the Phillies. And then, what, Workman and... Workman and... Hembry? One other guy. They they traded Pilar, who they just signed again. But here's what I'll say. Like, what they did was... In terms of baseball sense, smart. You sign Mitch Moreland to a one-year deal with an option. He has a great start to the year. You trade him. Kevin Pilar comes out, great defense, hitting where he's always hit at 270, whatever. You trade him, you get assets. Like, yep. this is what you do when you're having a bad year. They're, they still have Devers, Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Ben Attendee. They still have Christian Vasquez. They still have Verdugo, who's playing really well. Like, they yep. still have some really good pieces. They still have Dustin Pedroia. He, that's more of a joke. But like, they, they are a team that, with the right moves, they have Chris Sale coming back next year. They have Erod. They have Evaldi. They have Martin Perez, who's pitched much better than advertised. Like, they are not that far off from being a really competitive team. And depending on what the free agents look like in the offseason, we could be talking about a team that's right back up there toward the top of the alleys. But, yeah. They stick. No, I, I I do agree with you. I think if Erod comes back healthy and then the and Sale comes back healthy, I mean you're talking about a great one-two punch with Avaldi as a three, and then you maybe pick up one more pitcher, and I think you're in a good spot. So it, I mean a lot of it. I know you said they're not hitting, but the pitching has not been fantastic. No, and, and a lot of pressure this offseason is going to be put on their 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 head honcho Bloom to to make to remake that bullpen, to find quality in the offensive side of the ball, right? Because to your point, they've potentially got four starting pitchers coming back next year. You pick up another guy, but you really need to figure out what's going on with that bullpen because it's, it's a hot mess right now. But you need a second baseman. You need another outfielder. Jackie Bradley Jr. is not going to get resigned. His time in Boston is done. I'm surprised they didn't trade him and just get whatever they could get. Get whatever they could, yeah. Because, and I've probably been saying that for three years. 
I love <laughs> JBJ, but like Kevin Pilar could have been playing center field this year for a third of the money, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I again, I think this this turns out to be a quick rebuild, um, but it's it's kind of painful to watch. Like I I turn on the TV every night or I check my phone every night, and it's already like four nothing in the second inning, and I'm like, well, that sucks. That was a good game. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, before we move on, I I want to I, I want to talk about one other team, just because we both said the same thing about the Oakland Athletics. Like, how do they do it? And we both went under. You're, you're like you're 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 kind of stepping on my my three teams that have that 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 are that are kind of surprising. But you we you already did your three. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So I thought we I would just didn't right. you already do your three? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So it's just I, I think with how with them being under, uh, well we both picked them under and they're at twenty two wins and they were at thirty three and a half, still a little bit of road to climb and just how are they doing it? That so you just got to give a team like that the credit because they they figure it out each and every year. But a team like you said, the Angels just can't get it together. I, you're spot on. You're hundred percent. I made a little note to say, is this the year that the A's get over the hump? Is it, is it a shortened season that, that takes Billy Bean to, like, the promised land? And maybe this is, like, what, it, what, it, what needs to happen. Because you're right. The A's have defied logic in baseball for 20 years, right? From the start of Moneyball, when they were Tejada, Giambi, Hudson, yep. just Mulder, absolutely stacked, right? And then – you trade all those guys off, and you just keep re-upping every year and figuring a way out. And here they are in a shortened season. And here's a team, and I, and I kept thinking about this today. Here's a team that this would be the exact year that they should win the World Series, where there's no fans so that, because nobody shows up to their games. They play in, in the Raiders Stadium, which is this massive place that they have to basically block off half of it. Yeah. I can't imagine they make a lot of money from it. Obviously, they don't because they're never spending any money. Wouldn't this be the year that they win the World Series when there's nobody in the stands and it doesn't matter that nobody can show up to watch them because nobody would show up anyway? And, of course, I know people would show up if they were winning games. But, like, yes, like, I'm, I feel like I want the A's to do it this year just for Billy Bean, for, like, the city of Oakland. They've been trying to get a new stadium. They can't. It's a cluster shit down there. Like, <laughs> let's go Oakland. Like, let's, let's, let's win it. Let's do it. Let, like, I'm, I'm here for Oakland. There you go. And I just want to also say, we can't stop the Rays, man. Like, every time I count the Rays out, they, they're in first place. Yeah. I mean, that's another time. I think the Rays are young and they're inexperienced. They don't have the bodies. This pitching two innings thing isn't going to work. Blah, 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 blah. They're in first place in the AOC. That, I mean, that, I mean that's, they're kind of like Oakland, not as to the extreme, but, like, they just keep doing it and you, and you don't know how. I can't, I can't figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> All right, let's move to last call. And I want to take this opportunity to shout out Progression Brewery. Um, obviously, we've drank a lot of their beer over the course of the time we've been doing this podcast. And they yeah. were gracious enough to reach out to us and, and say that they appreciate the work they, that, that we've been doing. They're a local brewery. We try to respect the local breweries a lot. Um, they dropped off some beer to us last weekend. And so this last call, we're just going to do it, D. Sponsored by Progression Brewery. I like it. We'll go last call. D, what's your last call, man? Tell me what you got going on. All right. Well, you know, so much going on in the world. And um, I'm going to bring up 
Chadwick Boseman. I want to say, you know, rest in peace. This guy, you know, colon cancer for four years. And it was quiet. His inner circle, man, you got to respect them. They kept it quiet, let him live his life. And, you know, he, he, he caught some bullying online for how he was losing weight, but he, no one knew knew why it was happening. And if they did, they probably wouldn't have. This guy, you know, he, he kept working through the Avengers series. He, you know, everything he did, he gave, he gave um, younger black, the younger black generation, a, a superhero to look up to. He, he played Jackie Robinson. He played James Brown. He was the black Panther, thoroughbred Marshall. I, I, you know, you got to say rest in peace. Cause this man, he, he changed the lives of a lot of people and um, and so I'll, I'm just going to finish with you don't know what people are going through. Be nice. Be just be just be a good person and, and, and respect them. And, you know, the world will be a better place for it. Yeah. And if you haven't seen that clip of him talking to Denzel Washington about the impact that he had on him, not only just the impact, but also he paid for him for a, a summer, a summer uh, acting session at Howard. Like, yeah, incredible. Yeah. And I and and I want to finish with Kenosha, Wisconsin. Last week, this week, another another city just being uh, having to deal with the unrest, protesting. But really, it all originated with uh, a young man, 17 years old, by the name of Kyle Rittenhouse, who at 17 years old illegally crossed the border with 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 a gun showed up at these 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 protests peaceful protests whatever you want to you know whatever however you deem them to be and killed three people this is a white man white young man who gunned down three people and stood in front of the cops told him he did it and they pretty much acted as if nothing had happened it, it, it paints an ugly picture that has continued this summer around racial injustice, around police brutality, around the way that we treat black people, brown people versus white people. Um, we're in a weird place right now. And it's, it's, it's kind of ugly what's happening in our country. And what's happening in Kenosha is kind of a microcosm of what's happening on the grander stage. And I just uh, want to remind people that we need to do better. White folks, we need to do better. We need to educate ourselves. We need to take the time to understand um, what is happening to black people in this country, not just behind closed doors, but right out in front of us. Um, and, and, and what Kyle Rittenhouse did, not necessarily to black people, but what he was able to do um, and get away with in, in that moment and what and the fact that people aren't condemning it on a, on a grandier on a, on a grand stage is just it's just so disappointing and i just it's just a reminder that as a country we have a lot a lot of work to do um there's a lot of healing that needs to happen in this country there are a lot of people that are in, in pain there are a lot of people that are dealing with um you know some really tough things during this pandemic nine million people are still unemployed you know people have lost their jobs people are dealing with uh, situations that they have never faced in the, before in their life. And I think we just need to realize that um, we need to kind of come together in this moment and be better and be better human beings and, 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 and look out for the greater good. So 
let's just try to be better, folks. I mean, I know we have a lot of fun talking about sports, drinking beers, but shit, there's there's a lot of people hurt in this country, and we can't forget about that. Not at all. All right, man. Till next time. Y'all be good out there.